Hey, BillOReilly.com premium members, welcome to the No Spin News for Labor Day, September 2nd, 2019. Take your country back. So this is a special Labor Day essay. We're going to open it up for everybody. Um, but I wanted to address you first uh, and tell you why Labor Day is very important. So probably like you, I've worked most of my life. I started working about 10, 10 years old, cut lawns, and a little bit later I babysat for the urchins in the neighborhood, the Levittown neighborhood, shoveled snow. It used to snow a lot more back then on Long Island, and we shoveled snow and washed cars occasionally, whatever we could do to make a little money. Because uh, my parents and the other parents in the neighborhood weren't doling out the cash. So if we wanted a good humor ice cream bar, we had to pay for it. If we wanted to go up and uh, get those little uh, Tootsie Rolls and stuff that makes your teeth fall out, we had to pay for it. And the movies were 25 cents, the matinees in the afternoon on Saturday, to pay for it. Now, once in a while, my mother and father kicked me a little jack. I'm not saying that they were uh, Ebenezer Scrooge types, but there wasn't a lot of money floating. And I always liked to have my own money. It's a matter of control. So I carried that uh, throughout my uh, life. I can never remember not working. I always did something. My first legitimate job was Carvel at the ice cream stand on Old Country Road in Westbury. And then I uh, got my lifeguard license. And then uh, after that, I got my water safety instructor card. Uh, lifeguards save people uh, in the pools and oceans. Water safety instructors teach people to swim, and there's more money in that. So I was always thinking ahead, you know. Um, and then I uh, worked painting houses. Boy, that was the most difficult job I ever had, painting houses in the summer, all right, on Long Island when it was 98, 98, 98 degrees, 98 humidity, and the bees are attacking and the wasps and... But I made a pile of dough because I ran a company. It was my company. And I had five or six friends. We'd go in and we'd paint those Levitt houses. we get done two, three days. We'd go on to another one and we undercut the union painters. <laughs> and boy, did I make a lot of money doing that. And I had money for school then. My father paid my tuition. I paid the incidentals. I had the car. I had to put gas in the car. My first car was a gift from my father, the White Whale, a Nash Rambler, well used. I think it cost him $75 or something, but it ran. It ran, and I could pack a whole bunch of guys in there. The White Whale. Um, so anyway, and I'm sure your experience is that, you know, sometimes when you have time, when you have a couple of minutes, write down all the jobs you had. All right, so then I'm painting houses, and, and then I got my first legitimate job out of college. I was a high school teacher in Miami in a slum called Obalaka. It's still a slum, still there. If you're ever down in Miami, you want to go see a really bad neighborhood and know where I taught high school, there it is. Uh, and I didn't get any money. I, I was a Catholic school. They didn't pay us anything. Um, but it was enough. You know, we go to movies, go on a few dates, and then no, no lobster. I don't get the lobster. We get, you know, Arby's. So uh, then I went back to school and got a master's degree in broadcast journalism from Boston U. I paid all the freight there. That wiped me out. I had some meager savings from teaching, and I was still painting houses. Uh, BU's tuition was through the roof. I paid it. I got out of there. I had no money. 
got a job in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I had, did not have enough money to get there. I had to borrow money for gas. Now, I had another car, not the White Whale. The White Whale was resting in peace. But um, I got to Scranton, and they were paying me 150 bucks a week. This was in 1975, 70, yeah. Um, and I uh, said to the guy, Tommy Shelburne, the general manager, great guy, Channel 16 in Scranton, hey, I can't, li- I can't get an apartment because they want me to put a deposit on 150 a week. I- I'm not going to be able to eat. So he gave me another 25 bucks for writing the gag lines for Uncle Ted's Ghoul School, a Saturday night um, fright fest hysterical. So at 175 a week, I barely made it. Then I got a job in Dallas and the rest is history, but I worked my butt off in Scranton and Dallas and Denver and Hartford, back to New York City where I really busted it. And I was successful. And uh, I was successful because of hard work, labor. Um, I had some skills. I was born with it. God gave it to me. It was a gift, is a gift. And uh, I developed them. Boy, did I work hard. Never a time when I didn't. I never jaked it, ever. And when people don't work hard now in my presence, I don't look kindly on that. My staff works real hard. Okay, it's almost around the clock. You know, we get an idea, we're boom, 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 boom. So um, then I uh, made a success of my TV career. I worked for ABC, uh, National News, Peter Jennings, CBS for a brief time with Dan Rather. Didn't really like that very much. ABC was much better. Then I went to Inside Edition where I was the anchor after David Frost got fired. Um, Started to make pretty good money then. I turned the show into a success, still on the air. And then I went back to school, to Harvard, and I had to pay them all kinds of money up there in Cambridge. Got another master's in public administration, and I designed the O'Reilly Factor up there, came down and back to New York, technology with 24-7 news, hired me, rest is history. So, always work hard. Now, when I left Fox News, I think, man, I'll cut back a little bit, you know? I got the website, very successful. Um... I run it. There's nobody telling me what to do here. You know, it's hard work, but it's not backbreaking work. It's more, you know, this kind of work. Um, and then other stuff started coming. You know, I'm the best-selling nonfiction author in history, in American history. Nobody has sold more nonfiction books than me. We have 17 million copies in print, killing series through the roof. But the hardest labor for me ever was the United States of Trump, how the president really sees America. That was the most laborious project I have ever undertaken. And it'll be out in three weeks, three weeks uh, from tomorrow. And why it was so difficult was I didn't have a co-author, Martin Dugard helped me out on research, but I wrote every word. I write the killing books in conjunction with Marty so it's, it's a partnership. Um, but here, every word is mine. But that's not what the real hard part of it was. All the research I was getting from Marty and everybody else was bogus. It, it wasn't true. And I say that in the uh, introduction of the book. So it's just the funnel in. I'm looking at it and I'm going, I've known this guy for 30 years. It doesn't ring true to me. I had to report the book as well as write the book. I had to go to everybody. No anonymous sources. 
So I had to get them all on the record, and a lot of people didn't want to go on the record, so I didn't use them. But I got enough people close to President Trump that I think you'll see that you'll get information from this book you've never heard before. But it was really a bear to write it. It really was hard, hard work. And there were times I going, okay, I got to do the website. We got a growing radio phenomenon called the O'Reilly Update. We're approaching 200 affiliates in less than six months, unheard of. The thing is just exploding. Um, we'll soon be on in New York City. We just signed a deal with Boston. I mean, it's San Diego's got us, Charlotte's got us, Baltimore's got us, Atlanta's got us. Everybody's got us. So next year, it's going to be, what, four, 400 stations? And good, it's good. But I, again, I got a good staff. It's, it's not hard work, it's this work. But this Trump book was hard work. And I'm saying to myself, when I was writing it, I mean, you know, in between the bad words, because I had to change so many things, oh, this isn't true, that's not true, the person isn't telling, it's exaggerating, whatever it may be. Okay, I'm saying to myself, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I got two more killing books, one's already written. Do I really need this Trump book? And financially, I didn't need it, but I, I am so appalled at what is happening in this country. I am so angry with all, you know, fake news, okay. It's just untrue, most of the stuff surrounding Donald Trump. Interestingly enough, some of the stuff that people praise him for isn't true. It's not all the negative stuff. Some of the stuff that people, like People Magazine, for example, said good about him, not true. So I'm sitting there going, all right. So I did it, and I really worked hard on it. And uh, I delivered it on time, very important for an author. Uh, the editing process wasn't much because we, we edited pretty severely ourselves. That's always what we do so that the publisher didn't have to do a lot of work. And uh, I'm very, very proud of the book. Now, I'm going to get killed. You're going to hear smears, O'Reilly this, O'Reilly that. We're prepared for it. I've got my attorneys lined up. The publisher's going to help out, all of that. But we know because the Trump book doesn't slaughter the president, that the Trump haters are going to try to discredit the book and me. Now, they've been successful before. I don't think they're going to be successful this time. We're going to fight back. But I hope that doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I'm not relishing that. All right? I don't want that confrontation. What I want is honest Americans. Buy the book, read the book, and then tell me what you think. If you have any questions at all, I'll answer them on the spot. We're going to do some media. Uh, we're not going to do the dishonest media. Not going to do it. But I'll be around. You'll see me. On the O'Reilly Update on the radio, we'll be doing a bunch of stuff. We're going to do four shows. Uh, we're going to do Phoenix. We're going to do Boston. We're going to do Long Island. And we're going to do Palm Springs, California. Those shows are successful. Shows are called Understanding Trump. If they're successful, I'll do more. Um, so we're going to get the word out. It'll be interesting to see how many people really want the truth about Donald Trump, who he is and how he did it, how he did it, because it's a stair step. Once you start the ride, you're not going to want to get off it. The few people who have read the book in advance, all of them say, couldn't put it down, stayed up all night. 
And a lot of the killing books are like that. I gave it to some people who despise Donald Trump. I gave the book, just a few. They didn't like it. They didn't like the book. It's not that they didn't like the storyline or the writing or anything. They just don't like it because they don't like him. And because it doesn't go into trying to hurt him, they don't like it. Now, they told me that in varying ways. It was amusing to hear it. I was just happy they read the book. I, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. All right. I, but I did an experiment. I gave it to some people who love Trump, and I gave it to some people who despise Trump. Not many. One guy who loves Trump said, oh, you really want to go that deeply into his father? And I said, yeah. Fred Trump was the biggest influence on Donald Trump. By far. Nobody even comes close. And Fred Trump's story is fascinating. And how he and Donald Trump interacted is an amazing piece of history. I don't think I've ever covered a president whose father, maybe with the exception of John F. Kennedy, whose father shaped him the way that Fred Trump shaped Donald Trump. When you read it, you're going to go, whoa. If you care. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't care about the truth, about their country, about anything. And I can't help them. I'm not here for them. I'm here for you, people who care. All right? So I want you to read The United States of Trump, and I want you to be uh, tough on me if you see something you don't understand or you don't like. You're not going to be able to say it's wrong. You're not going to be able to do that. Everything in a book is rock solid. And, and I insisted that the publisher pay three, three different proofreaders and fact checkers, all of whom had different views of life, and they didn't interact. They don't know each other. Because I don't want anything in this book that's not true. And it was interesting to see their reactions. The far left guy that we hired, and I wanted to hire a far left guy, he came back with no criticisms about the facts at all, none. But he came back with all this ideology. And I'm going, there's no ideology in the book. It's not about ideology. There's no, there's no ideology in the book. There's no liberal conservative in the book. It's a history book. It's like killing Lincoln. No ideology in killing Lincoln. It's about Lincoln. Not politics. There is some politics in the Trump book because of Hillary Clinton. A lot of it on her and him interacting. They were buds at one time. Hillary and Don were like this. It's hysterical. So anyway, um, getting back to Labor Day, um, I believe that hard work pays off. I don't know if this book is going to be as big a seller as my killing books. I don't know. I know that there'll be forces of evil that try to destroy it. I know there'll be fraud involved in counting the number of book sales. I, I know. We're prepared. But I think in the end, there has to be some honest history on the 45th president of the United States. And as hard as it was for me to sit down on my butt and write that book, I did it, not just for me, but for the record. Because I believe in America, and I believe Americans, most of you, and I know we have foreign nationals watching us all over the world, but I believe Americans want to know the truth, even if it goes against their ingrained belief system.
So anyway, happy Labor Day. Um, take my advice, write down all your jobs, and it'll bring back pleasant and some not so pleasant memories. I have a bunch of bad bosses, horrible bosses. You know, that's that goes with labor. Now I work for myself. <laughs> so am I a horrible? No, I'm not a horrible boss. <laughs> I work for myself. My closest assistant has been with me 27 years, so I can't be that bad. Um, but work is important. And the urchins out there need to be taught that because it's satisfying in the end. You don't like what's happening to you in the workplace? This is America. You can get another job. You might have to move. I had to move 15 times. But you can, you can prosper elsewhere. Don't let the bees get you down, as they say. Happy Labor Day. Enjoy it. Have fun. Spread the word. United States of Trump, out three weeks from tomorrow. See you soon.